we'll give everybody another minute or so to come on. But uh, this one's going to be a fun one. It's chapter five, equipping your your business, and it's a it's a hot spot topic because there's so many products and tools and opinions and everything else. So I'm glad I got company to tag, you know, to to kind of <laughs> off of me, you know. So um, it's right on the hour, so I'm about starting on time. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. Look at that. Hey, look at that. I went to I went to the cabinet this morning, and I'm like, what's perfect? Uh, I got my double black <laughs> coffee cup, you know, with a little double black coffee in there, thanks to PNS. So nice. <laughs> Sucking up to the host already. I see. There that. we go. There we go. All right, I get <laughs> I get the good questions. Well, you know, it um, it's I. <laughs> I ran out of double black, man. I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta have some, uh, and I'm used to it because it's pretty strong. So it is. You know, I, I like to take. So okay, so uh, welcome everybody, and hey, I want to take and thank my guest. We'll get into these guys here in just a second. And uh, wow, how you guys holding out during all this, <laughs> Chris? You holding up? Yeah, everything's good. You know, working at my desk, which is obviously at my house. Um, I have two kids. You know my. 15 year old and my 12 year old hopefully they don't uh, make a lot of noise in the background my wife's down in the basement she's a third grade teacher and she's doing her class stuff right now over I don't think they use zoom anymore but they're doing something you know with her third grade class so uh, we just you know you know I live in Ohio and Ohio just announced that um, uh, all of our public schools won't be going back um, for the remainder of this year I, I don't know if that's the way it is everywhere but pretty much Pretty much. Kevin, how you holding up? How you guys doing? I mean, like I was telling the guys earlier, other than canceling like five trips, this is pretty much my life all the time. I mean, we live in Montana. <laughs> I only leave the house to go to a movie and go to church. Um, and that's so, I mean, I'm like, you know, this life is kind of normal life for us. Yeah. yeah life you, as usual. Do you guys have the Corona in Montana? Did that happen? Did it make yeah, it? Yeah, we've had, you know, relatively, uh, you know, there's only three people here. So one of them got it. In <laughs> um, <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> A chicken's got it. Too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, no, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty low here. So that's cool. Hey, just a reminder, this is uh this is based off the book. Uh, we wanted to do this for a long time. So if you're asking where all this information is coming from, there's where it's coming from. I'll make a whole 49 cents. If you guys buy the book, one major observation, and I'm really glad to get these guys involved in this. So I'm going to help. Uh, this observation is going to be shared at the very end. It could help separate you from the pack. So today, what we're going to start about, I love to start it with a quote. First, say to yourself what you would be, and then do what you have to do. Um, I just think that's a huge statement uh, because it can be used within business, us as individual, us as, as, as parents, us as um, uh, coworkers, uh, entrepreneurs, customers. I mean, so many different ways. So I, I just love that quote, and it's a powerful quote. So today we're going to cover pages 79 through 93. We're going to talk about suppliers, uh, outfitting your mobile business shops and the best setup. Um, really, we're going to, there, this is such a huge topic that we're going to kind of skip a lot of this stuff because we could go on for like nine hours. I mean, we could put a whole day's class on and, and get through uh, the, the tip of the iceberg on it. Uh, size of the operation, location or van or trailer, consider uh, considerations to think about doing the numbers, budgeting equipment, products, going both mobile and fixed, because there's that option too. And so in the meantime, uh, I've been listening, I've been doing this every day, is my wishes for you in the relaunch, once we start going, is build up everything around you. The people around you, build up the businesses around you, not just about you, 
Uh, so many times I think we're, we're, we're in, a, in a state of, 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 uh, state of uh, rowdy right now in the world is that it's me, 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 me. And a lot of people don't realize, and I, I think uh, both these gentlemen, Kevin, Kevin came out of nowhere. I remember I said, what this detailer helper thing? And I remember him just reaching out and, and starting to build people up. And I think if you take that lesson alone of just building other people up and helping build their business, your business is going to go along with it. And so, you know, be a little more open uh, to, to helping people up. So that's my message of the day. So Kevin, introduce yourself, uh, uh, you know, your lovely wife. Uh, I think, you know, if you haven't, if you don't know who Kevin and Michelle are, um, I don't know how, I don't know how you could be in the car industry. <laughs> so Kevin, you're up. Well, um, I love that picture because you and I and Bob, and I don't know who else, but we did push-ups on the wing for that 22 push-up challenge. I don't know if you remember that, but that was a lot of fun when we came out, went to Seattle. And so we've done the um, Air Force One project for since the first year that we started, which is almost, it's been six years now, which is crazy. Um, you know, I'll, I'll keep it short. I've got a pretty diverse background. We have seven different brands right now. I have three different businesses. Um, and then I consult for a couple of other businesses. So, you know, I kind of have my hands in a, in a little bit of everything. Um, but my lovely wife here, she's kind of the backbone of everything, every organization stuff she's been working on back behind me. So I'm surprised after the last week of seeing how I've neglected everything for the last six years that I'm still married. Um, so, so, but this will allow me, you know, she's doing more of the logistics stuff. So, so that'll help me be able to focus on some, some other things. So that's it. That's um, awesome. How, how long have you guys been married? Uh, it'd be 25 years in, in July. Uh, congratulations. So, Two great kids. Yeah. Yeah, two great kids, one in Hawaii, one in uh, Atlanta. She's an EMT there, so she's kind of in the thick of things. Um, wow. So it, it's been fun for her. But she keeps complaining that they haven't had a, an, as many calls. So because um, people don't call because they're afraid of the virus. Right. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's been uh, – but, you know, she's still getting shootings and all that stuff. So she's right. – you, know, she, you know, those EMTs are nuts. They're like, I'm, I've only had a shooting – you know, one day this week, I'm pretty disappointed. So, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, so we're here in Montana. I'm out, you know, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere and uh, just, you know, enjoying life out here in the country for sure. Nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with that at all. So next up is Chris and uh, Chris, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Thanks Rennie for having me. Um, just a little bit about myself, I guess I give you a little bit of history. You know, I, I uh, started with the company, Flex North America about um, just over 12 years ago, actually. And I, I worked those 12 years uh, with our good friend, uh, Bob Eichelberg, who is, was just on your, you, you know, your podcast here. Uh, and he's now with Lake Country. But, uh, you know, Bob and I worked together for 12 years uh, under the Flex North America logo. And just uh, some of you know that uh, Flex as a company worldwide was purchased about seven years ago from a company called Shervon. Uh, Shervon's one of the largest power tool manufacturers in the world. And uh, they purchased our company worldwide seven years ago. And, um, you know, the, the, the brand of Flex um, has really not changed at, at all. Um, and as of January 1st this year, uh, I now work for Shervon. Some of you may have seen my, my new business card. Um, and, you know, so... I came over 
uh, to Shervon as of January 1st this year, and uh, we now are running our North American operation under our parent company, which is, to be honest with you, Rennie and, and group, it's, it's, it's for the better. I mean, we have uh, an entire corporate office, which you visited recently, Rennie, and uh, we have all that back-end stuff that happens behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize happens. Um, well, it's a massive but, operation. I mean, to yeah. see I mean, it is, uh, it, you could take, I mean, our shop's a pretty good size shop. You, you could take our shop and probably put it inside of their building 50 times. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's unreal how big it is. I mean, I was just, I, I think we walked like 2.5 miles and never saw the thing before, you know? <laughs> you know, that, that, that's literally just our, uh, you know, our corporate office for North America. Uh, North America. Um, and we make a lot of different, uh, you know, products under the Shervon brand. Um, you know, our key, I guess our key in-house uh, brand names are obviously Flex, uh, which is our German company. Uh, we still have our, obviously our Flex corporate office in Steinheim, Germany, uh, as well as our factory. Uh, and then the other brands that we sell through our home centers and different channels uh, are the, the big one is Ego. Um, a lot, of, it's so funny when I tell people about Shervon. And I say, oh, yeah, we own Ego. Ego is Shervon. And when you go to Home Depot and you see the Ego brand or you're watching the NFL network and you see Ego commercials, people are like, oh, that's Shervon. And, you know, so um, we also own Skill and Skillsaw. Those were our most recent purchases from Bosch. Uh, the brand Skill and Skillsaw were purchased about three or four years ago from the um, parent company Shervon. But the bottom line is we have this massive uh, company of Shervon that now is supporting the North American market for Flex. And that, that's exciting for the brand, however we look at it. I know, Rennie, we've sent you some cool things. Uh, the power station from Ego, we sent you some skill uh, lasers, you know, all of that stuff just all kind of comes from the, the, the same parent company. And we we do cross mingle our technologies and, and things like that to make our products the best that it can be. Hey, hey Chris, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't know if you're aware of it, but Bob Phillips, myself, Kevin Davis, um, we've got a couple of little companies for, you know, eight to nine figures. Um, you, know, <laughs> you guys can put those, those right up on that big building, right, Kevin? That's absolutely right. <laughs> Always a salesperson. Put that thing on the side of, I'll put that thing on the side of my house and the motorhome. That's it. <laughs> so let's walk through, let's have a little fun. This is my buddy Prentice, man. Now Prentice, if you don't know Prentice, again, it's kind of like not knowing these guys. Prentice has been around a long time. He's a dear friend of mine. The guy can sing. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but Prentice has got a voice in a half. So he's in a band. He's in his worship group at church. Anytime that we get together, we nerd out on music that we like because I'm a huge you know, music fan. So Prentice sent us this, and this is our, fun, our little fun for the day. So we always do these little fun things. So here's the deal. This goes for both of you. Send us a picture if you've got something of you doing something fun. We want to take and just get out of this whole mindset that we've been in for the last month, month and a half, and do something new. So here it is. Let's jump into it. So rethink everything. Guys, is this a reality or what of what's going down now? Is we're going to see masks around. We're, we're going to come out of this. Some of the states are already announcing that they're going to open up. But I, I want to caution everybody. It's not going to be an instant. It's not like resetting your computer back. Uh, to where we're just going to reopen and everything's going to be back like it was. 
is things are going to be different. Things are probably never going to return to exactly what they were, but we will adjust and make things. We'll make a happy life. We'll make happy industries, happy businesses. We'll go out and make profits. We'll have babies. We'll have grandbabies. We'll do all the things that we're used to doing, but it's going to be an adjustment period. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, when we saw people wearing masks, we, you know, we kind of made fun of them. Uh, now, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, what is it state for? Be a good neighbor, but stay over there, you know, kind of thing, you know? So, uh, there's a new reality, rethink everything and how we're going to market. There you go. See, there it is. <laughs> and so I want to talk about something that a lot of people don't think about when they think about building either equipping your company with tools, products, your shops, your mobile rigs, everything else. And that's perceived value is that everything you use, I'll, I'll tell you two, two things that relate to both of these gentlemen is that um, Air Force One, both brands have been on Air Force One a lot. But here's the thing that people on the backside don't see. We're all in the industry, but I've got customers that come in and we really use our tooling, our supplies and our product to market us better. Is so when we've got a tool belt on, you know, a detailer's helper on, and we're using a polisher that's called Flex, and these guys have never seen either, that brings greater value to our services. Also, a lot of times I had a friend of mine, and he asked me one day, he came by and he says, why, So why, why the belt? Does that make it more efficient? I said, It does. I said, It also protects your car. And he goes, Oh, wow. Well, guess what? I heard from around town about six, seven people, he went and told, yeah, he wears these special belts and it protects the car, you know? I mean, so, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is that crazy or what? Yeah, but that's awesome. The same thing with using a different tool that not everybody has seen before is that you bring in a tool that's not seen on average or you bring in, you outfit yourself is guess what? There's a perceived value. There's a functional, emotional, and then a social. And you've got to take and be able to kind of connect with those things when you're outfitting your businesses, something as simple as a tool or a belt will take and set you aside from the rest of the pack. Now I've got more information later here in a second, but don't you guys think this is true? That's something that people. Yeah. About? Rennie, I get this question all the time. Um, you know, where people are like, Hey, can I put my logo on your shirt? Can I, uh, you know, put this on my, I actually, I'm thinking um, of a guy in New York and uh, this was years ago. He asked for my logo because he wanted to put it on his receipt. And uh, you know, the reason he wanted to put it on his receipt was because he's detailing high end vehicles and he wants to have his chemical company, his, his polisher, uh, you know, different brands that he knows are premium brands. And he wants his customer to know that he uses premium brands on their high end vehicle or on their vehicle. And I, I'm like, you can use my logo wherever you want to use it. You know, it's like, that's cool. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin, I mean, I know Kevin feels the same. I need one of those fancy shirts you're wearing so I can wear it on the shows. <laughs> I, I will definitely send you one. I've got, I've got several. I'll send you one of my personal ones. So, Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, so Kevin, you know, I think you understand this probably more than anybody is in the industry is that, you know, you got a guy that showed up six, seven years ago on the scene. And literally, it was like you and Chris West were like, bam, I mean, instantly. And I think that you brought a perceived value, but you also brought, you champion the industry. So don't you think there's real value for people that take and kind of change things up and, and market, not just how they do things or themselves, but what they use? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's, you know, what the way that you present yourself to the customer, whether it be through your Facebook page, 
and and your personal page even we talk a lot about the political crap that people put on both their business page and their facebook page um the, you know the the marketing that you do your logo design your equipment that you're using you know we do a lot of co-branding which actually we did with flex so you guys have had you know you'll see the flex logo so we actually even have aligned our companies. Uh, Chris and I are doing some some projects for one of my off-road brands. Um, so, but that brings, you know, to be able to align with a company either as a small detailer or as another manufacturer um, just adds that perceived value and that uh, what I call the value proposition um, for the product and the brand. Absolutely. I mean, so I love, I love getting your guys' part. So, so what should you be thinking about as you're spending money is what purpose does it serve? is so many people just want versus need. Uh, does it add to my profitability? Does it add to my efficiency? Will one brand serve all purposes? Pros and cons with one brand and so forth. So, you know, I, I'll run down this real quick is that, I you know, I've got, we've got our own brand, so to say. You know, I mean, I, I represent PNS, but I've got Double Black in there. Yet, I've got probably 20 other brands in the training facility. It's really hard for one, 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 a company to supply everything to you yet especially if you're local if you can find a local distributor that can give you great value aka bring the products to you you don't have to stock a lot of inventory there's you don't have to pay for shipping stuff like that there's a lot of great in that but i look at efficiency i look at profitability i look at what what does this serve if it's not going to take if it doesn't pass that muster you can see in this picture right here look at the photo in this slide look at how loaded down those tool belts are every <laughs> yeah. pocket has got a use in it Let, let's just say on this is people say ah, i don't need that tool do you know how much more time uh that would take now that's the phillip brothers believe it or not that's dave dave and bob both right there in that picture if they had to bend down or if they had to churn and and, and reach over to a cart and move it two things they're taking the time to churn they're also taking their body and they're shifting it which is going to wear you down even faster by doing odd movements. So Rennie, we'll I think, I think Kevin actually has a scenario. Cause I remember when you first started selling these, Kevin, you told me you did some sort of calculation about how much time, if you set the polisher on the cart and you have to turn around to get the, how much time it saves you with, with, I mean, we're just talking about your detail belt, but it's all about time is money is what Rennie's saying. Yeah. I actually have a video that I need to produce. I did a 50, 50. Um, I just polished the Cobra again and I did a 50, 50 of with a cart. Cause that's kind of the argument I get is, Oh, oh I use a cart. I don't need that or whatever. And so I did it with and without the belt using a cart. Um, and so, cause, cause that was the big, big concern that people kind of the argument against, Oh, I don't need a, a tool belt. And it was amazing. Like I literally saved like 45 minutes on, on the wow. car. The calculation I did for the industry was if you save only five minutes a car, if you bill out at $50 um, an hour and you do, I think it was like 20 cars a week or something like that. It was a pretty busy number. It was like $3,500 a year uh, wow. just from just from five minutes. And that, you know, and that, that pays that's, for the belt. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and the same goes for good tools too, right? Like, you know, the, you know, the new guys are starting out with some of the, you know, the 7424s and that kind of stuff, which is fine to start out. But when you start looking at how much faster you can be with a better, more powerful tool, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Here's 
you know, here's the point. Yeah, 3500 that's not that much money. Some people would say that's a lot. Some would say that's not much. That's a vacation that you haven't taken. Simple, well, and yeah. it's only five minutes. It's only five minutes. You know, most guys are doing 30 minutes. I had a guy actually email me, oh, a couple months ago. He's been using the belts for five years. And this was like, I couldn't believe it, but he said, um, and this is not a detailer's helper commercial, but he said he could directly attribute $150,000 of extra revenue because he uses the belts in his shop for all his guys. We, you look at like, you, you're Airport. making that number up. <laughs> if you look at Air Force One in six days, one project of the, of the, we're probably saving a couple hundred men hours, you know, of just having a belt on. So that is transferred all the way through, no matter, it's all part of the system and process that you've got to do. So these are the things that you should be thinking about is efficiency, uh, about uh, profitability. What purpose does it sell or offer? What's, what things does it fix? Those are all part of the solutions to that. Now, suppliers, I really want to talk about this, and it's something that both of you have got. It's simply not about a buying source. So many people within the the industry think about this as a buying source. The relationships can really pay off uh, in a big way, whether it's local or a national, international uh, supplier. Uh, content they produce, that content costs money. Yet a lot of people will go to the, they'll, they'll move around and they'll go to the cheapest source. But yet if you've got somebody that's producing content and it's helping you learn, isn't that worth something? Isn't it worth those 25 cents? Uh, resources they offer. You know, right now, AutoGeek's a great champion of ours, detailing.com. You can call detailing.com on any given day and talk with a detailer, not, not with a store clerk, with a detailer. What value does that offer? And support uh, suppliers, step up and provide some support to them. Because it's not a one-way street. They can come and supply you. You should have a very give-and-take relationship with your supplier. And then don't make it about price. Because so many of people in, in business, they want to buy cheap, but sell, but sell high. So, Hey man, why, you know, you my customers always look for the cheapest, but then they're going to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so Kevin, we'll start with you this time. Well, I mean, the, I'm, I'm thinking of this, there's a particular brand that was um, ironically had emailed me right after we launched detailers helper and we had our patent pending. We have the patent now and all that. They, she asked me, and they're always named Jenny for some reason when they come out of China. Um, but, but she said, Hey, is this belt, which they knocked off, off, um, is your belt the same as this? And does this, you know, is this patented? And I, it wasn't my belt. So I said, no. And so this particular company has then over the last five or six years has built a pretty strong brand in our industry. And the company's entire business model is built on knocking off other people's technology. They literally buy the products, they, they reverse engineer them, which you can tell because if, if you look at the internals of like a, a knockoff of a, of a polisher, yeah. it's two-year-old technology. So you can tell that they've, that they've knocked it off. So, you know, supporting the suppliers that are actually building into whatever industry you happen to be um, is a big thing. I hate seeing guys post about these knockoffs things especially um because i mean they're they're just capitalizing on somebody no. else's ip so it's, well you don't like to be knocked off and why people support it is beyond me we even have a, a slide on that here in a second so chris you got input on suppliers yeah i mean suppliers you know like you said rennie you know detailing.com 
autogeek.net, uh, you know, when you call those places, they, they have the true answers. And when people call me and ask me, Hey, where, where should I get this? Or when someone says, Hey, I bought this off Amazon and I, you know, and, and nothing against Amazon. We all buy off Amazon. Uh, you know, it's just, it's the way of the world today. But when you don't have someone to call and you're, uh, you know, you don't have that source, I think that's a, that's a key point that you mentioned. And uh, places like these suppliers that you mentioned uh, or, or dealers, you know, you can call them and they have the, the real answer, you know, like, hey, what, what pad should I use on your machine? Well, I would call, uh, you know, the, the, the dealer uh, that carries this product like detailing.com or, or autogeek.net or many others that are out there, um, you know, whoever you deal with and ask them, what, what pad should I use? Talking about knockoffs, um, you know, we have a lot of different brands within the Shervon network. So we deal with that on a case by case basis, but we stop a lot of these things uh, at customs at us customs, you, you know, us customs protects us as a, as an uh, American company and they do prevent uh, certain patent infringements from coming across the border. And once, once a company gets flagged, every single container they ship uh, gets stopped at the border. And a lot of that stuff gets pulled out and is gone. It's destroyed. Um, so we, we do our best as a, as a company to monitor that. Um, that's why there are certain things you don't see knocked off, like the the 3401, the the go-to you know beast, the your favorite polisher, Renny. You don't see a lot of those out in the market. You may see them in other areas of the world, uh, but that's just because we don't have the type of governing body that can protect us from patent infringements and things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. So now let's go on to another topic. And this is what type of operation is set up uh, mobile. And so, you know, mobile is you can go over, you can take in uh, trailers, uh, pros and cons, you know, trailers are tough because if you've already got a pickup truck and you're going to take and tow something, it's great. But the second you want to hire people on is I was always nervous about putting a, a staff member or an employee uh, behind the wheel of a, of a truck towing something. So, Trailers have always been, I, I did start out with a trailer. Uh, I quickly went to a van. Uh, you'll see it here in a bit, uh, a box van. I just put a buddy of mine's in. Uh, I couldn't find one, a picture of our, our, our old one. Uh, van, big, uh, you can go big, but then you're gonna, have, you're gonna have efforts. You can fit a lot in it. Uh, you'll see Kyle Clark's, this right here, this, this van that you see right here is small. Uh, this is actually Chris's. So this is Chris Woolman's van. Uh, if I had a setup, I do this. Uh, if I was a normal operator, and then there's another one here. I'll show you here in a second. But big is you're not gonna you're gonna have limitations of where you can go, but you can take a lot of staff with you and a lot of stuff. Also, if you're doing a lot of volume or you're doing RVs, planes, we're gonna need a lot of water. Big is gonna help. Small is not gonna do it. Uh, small pros and cons. You can pretty much go anywhere. You know, it's really comfortable. Um, it's easy to get around in. You're not gonna have parking issues but you are limited to the amount of supplies or, or resupplying and or water that you can carry with you. Truck units is one of my favorite. I got a picture here in a second. I love a truck mounted system, but not just a normal truck mounted system. Uh, needs versus wants. Again, if you're gonna build it out, go ahead and build it right. You know, I see these guys right now. Listen, I started with 20 bucks, man. I mean, here's, again, I keep it right by me, not as a point to show off, as a point to remind myself how basic I started back in the day. But the thing I did do is I didn't make things look hokey from the beginning. To take and build it out of steel versus building it out of wood is not that much more money. And it just looks so much better 
and then you don't have to repeat. You're not having to rebuild later. You can take and live with what you've got. So kind of build it once, build it right. Um, the the uh, impress the local market. This is huge. Chris, as you see his van here, completely outfitted. It's got a a real uh, feel to it. Um, you can you can see right off the culture that he's got within his little company is pretty ins insane. It's just it's you open it up and all ma the outside matches the inside. I mean it's it's just any. He doesn't have that much more money into it. He just got in, uh, you know, he really thought it out and engineered it out. Um, but impressing the local market's huge. Being able to see ours, our van, uh, we called ours uh, uh, a, uh, a frog in a, in, a, in a blender. And the reason why is it was green and white with red and it just looked like somebody had dumped a, but here's the deal is you knew with that van, you could see it from a mile away and you knew, and it said detailing, auto detailing. It was huge, our phone number is huge. Our logo was okay sized, but we wanted to get our message across of what we did. Uh, a little trick we did is each corner of it, one corner on the, on the, on the back passenger side uh, said van six, the other corner said van four, the other corner said van, van, van three, the other corner said van two. My own brother would come by and say, God, how many of those things do you have working out there? And I said, one. <laughs> Just one. Because every time you'd yeah. see a different corner of it, it had different, a different number on it, you know? And so it was just kind of the way that we just did a little uh, 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 judo, you know, mental judo and then efficiency. Think about your efficiency. And then this is a big one. Your maintenance needs is that, you know, my first van, I knew, okay, I'm going to ramp this business up hard and fast. The last thing I want to do is have to detail my own detailing van. I want to be able to come in and squirt it out, dry it down and be done. And I don't want to have to polish uh, aluminum on it. I don't want to have to clean it. I don't want to have to do I want a pressure washer and a towel to do 100% of the work. So it was a combination of bed liner uh, and, 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 and painted steel, and, uh, um, and that was pretty much it. So, uh, Chris, we'll start with you this time, and then we'll go to Kevin. Well, I think you know which direction I'm going to go with this. You know, the Flex brand, um, we came out with our first cordless unit about two years ago at SEMA. And I mean, that was really, that, that was a game. It's a game changer. I've heard you call it that Renny, the game changer. And you know, that's, that is something that is just, uh, is huge for us. And what I mean by that is, you know, we, we basically take our corded version and because we manufacture our cordless product in our own factory, we're able to literally take the same head off of our corded version and put it onto a cordless version. So if you have, uh, the first person that comes to mind is Mark Elliott down in Florida. He has uh, an entire shop. I don't know how many bays it is, probably three or four bays that he runs a day-to-day -day operation out of that shop. He just recently uh, outfitted um, a mobile unit that he's now taking out to specific clients and, and being able to take care of their cars on, on their property. But he came to me and said, hey, I don't want to use any corded version uh, of a flex on my, on my mobile rig. And, you know, but I want the same, I want my guys to have the same feel of the unit with a cordless version. And that's where, um, you know, they've been able to literally uh, convert their mobile unit to cordless. You know, the other thing that you really have to think about on these mobile rigs, which first comes to mind, when I first started with the company, I had people that were calling me and saying, hey, my flex, I keep going through switches. Well, when we would evaluate why they were going through the switches on the 3401s, it was because they weren't providing the tool the right amount of power. And I know, Renny, you and I have talked about this yep. so much. We're going to jump, we're <laughs> gonna jump in that in just a second. So and, and, we'll and, and the 3401 pulls 18 amps of power. And if you have a small generator 
trying to push that unit, you're going to burn out things inside the unit. And that's where cordless comes in. You don't have to have that type of power. The cordless charger, I, I can't remember the amperage right off the top of my head on the amperage of the charger, but I know guys that are charging batteries just off of their inverter. So they're not having to draw the type of power you would to, to push one of the cord, corded versions. Um, cool. And our roadmap for Shervon and for, for Flex, it, it's all cordless, you know, ego. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go that direction. It's definitely yeah. already is. So Kevin, what do you think about trailer versus truck versus van versus size versus all well, that? Well, I started, I started out with a little trailer also, and then I quickly realized I don't like driving around town. So I switched to my, just had people bring them to my shop. So, right. um, cause I've got, I've got a decent size. Actually, I just did it right out of my home shop. I've got a 1200 square foot shop at the house. So that was easy. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention on that. First of all, you talk about maintenance from a cleaning standpoint. What I see a lot of these guys doing, I'm a, I'm a car guy, so I can do whatever actual maintenance I need to, to do. Some of these guys are not. So, you know, I would say resist the temptation to buy a 99, you know, GMC van unless you, A, budget for someone doing the brakes, someone doing the head gasket, all of those things that's required to do that, um, you know, because that can be a big, big problem. You know, obviously it's a balance to try to figure out you know, if you want to do that, just make sure you have the budget in order to do the basic vehicle maintenance stuff that needs to be done. Um, the other thing, as far as impressing your pressing your local market, you might be talking about this, but for the mobile guys, one of the things I see a lot, especially the guys in any hot environments, is you see these pictures on Facebook with sloppy cargo shorts that have sweat coming down their butt and you know, their whole shirts are sweating and all that kind of stuff. If, if you work in that environment, I completely sympathize with the heat and what that does to you. Carry three changes of, of your Amen. clothes. Amen. You know, go, go, because if you, I don't care if you've got an $80,000 detail rig, if you look like crap, it doesn't matter. So no. that's, you know, I'll, well, uh, you know, that, our guys, that's one thing I'll touch on on that. We took and we had a cologne in our, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the vans and the mobile unit. In at the shop, and in between each job, uh, they brought a backup pair of shorts, but they had to change their shirt. Every in between each job, we had to change our shirt, and it's just for that reason. That's part of your that's part of your uh, your overall look and value, right? So yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things to think about. Like if you're in LA, uh, what you can get away with with a with a big vehicle, it's gonna be a little tougher than it will be uh, if you're in Texas, you know. So you got to think about your environment if you're going into areas that with you know low entries and stuff like that you've got to think about that environment if you're going into to developments where it's real tight streets you know you're down in newport beach california versus you know one acre uh two acre five acre parcels you know out where i live yeah it's going to be completely different and so you really got to think about that if i if it was me at a starting point going back uh i know a trailer if i had a truck honestly i'd spend the money in in, in, in outfit the truck instead of a trailer i just trailers are really tough and and it just at some point you're not going to dig the trailer as much you know you just and it's going to yeah. happen pretty quick so good input okay let's go ahead and go to this next one so here's the units that i like so upper uh, upper left is is again chris's unit really efficient um easy to build out easy to get around very practical great gas mileage but if it's two people and you don't have a lot of backup the other one to the to where the aircraft is, that's Kyle Clark's, is again big operation. Now the nice thing is Kyle can take, and I think he's up where he can, he transports up to four staff with him. Uh, so now he can get guess what he can get into the express lanes, so he can get to because he's in Southern California, 
He's also got, I think, 200 gallons or 300 gallons because you can see what he works on, a lot of uh, big stuff, RVs, aircraft, stuff like that. Um, he was able to finance that. That van actually worked through on the tax write-off. So he got a massive, massive tax write-off because of, of weight, you know, uh, and, it's, and it's completely set up. He's got backup materials and it's a rolling billboard going down the street. Lower, lower left is going to be detail box. This is the, this was their first truck. This was our exact truck, not the exact one. This was my truck that I built out. To Kevin's point, though, I bought one that was a little older back when we started in the 90s, and I had to put a new motor in it. But, you know, and I had to do this. It took a lot more maintenance because it was an aged vehicle. But those big box trucks, you can, especially right now, they're not real convenient because you can't get into parking structures and so forth. But if you want a rolling billboard and you want to take a complete shop with all the backup on it and you don't want to store anything in your house or garage, that truck, I can't tell you, it paid for itself 10,000 times over. Now, if you've got a pickup truck to the right on the lower, this is what I'd do to it. I would take and put a, a contractor's cab on it with side pop-ups and you can see the inside. You could put a rollout on the inside to where you can pull everything out as you're in there. You can mount and hardwire your generators, your solar systems on top, your, your, your pressure washers, everything. You could even take and mount the pressure washer access off the bottom of the vehicle. So if you've got a truck, I'd be looking at something like that versus anything else, you know, because it just offers it and makes it simple. Any input from you guys? Gas mileage. That's the, the only thing when yeah. I look at all these pictures, the first thing I think of is Chris is, Chris is benefiting from the gas mileage. Maybe Kyle Clark's next. Uh, but the bottom two, we, we know it's going to be gas mileage. <laughs> well, and on the, on the pickup, you know, one thing you may be able to, you know, check with the dealer on what their accessory packages are and all that, because you might be able to roll that into the note. But I mean, you're looking, what is that? 10, 12 grand right there. Oh, sitting yeah. on the back of that pickup after paying 75 for the pickup. So, you know, just when you, when these are kind of dream things, you know, that lower left, the one that, you know, detail boss has, that looks like a, what, a 18, 16 foot UPS yeah. or a U-Haul is yeah. probably what that is. And so those can be bought pretty reasonably just again, you know, like I said, with the maintenance, but you know, budgets come into it, but try to get the most for your money. And like you pointed out, ROI is the king on it you know oh yeah it's and here's the deal is on that big on that big u-haul type truck i bought it for 4600 bucks i put i had about 10 grand into it you know by the time i was done dressed it up with wheels tires you know uh, uh all the wrap i tuned it up i you know I mean, we did all the fancy things to it i was into it about twenty thousand dollars because i ended up having to put a new transmission in it a new motor in it that thing lasted me for 10 years wow. and so to have 20 grand into it and I'm not handy like, 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 like Kevin is, is that I can check the air in my tires. You know, I, I, I can detail like a foon, but man, I have a rule. I don't ride in, uh, fly in or ride on anything that I maintain. Uh, <laughs> not going to happen, you know, change a tire. I can do all the basic stuff, but I'm not very handy. So that was including having to have the engine redone by somebody else. But let me tell you, once we did that, we were about three years in when that happened. And we did it quickly. That that truck lasted the rest, the rest of the time. We sold that truck with the company. So how cool nice. is that? So here's a consideration for mobile, seasonal weather, uh, acceptance by clients. Some people like it, some don't. We're going into a new era. And I don't think the whole situation with the world right now with COVID-19 is going to change that much. But people are going to definitely, I'm a little more worried about who comes into my house 
right now. I always have been, but I'm going to be a, probably a little more observant, you know, when, when I do. With that, Kevin's point, you better look clean. You better not have dirty knee syndrome. I hate that. I, I, see, I always tell the students that come here that we train, you come to my house and I find you sitting on the ground, on the bare ground, or kneeling on the bare ground, and I'll never have you back again. The reason why is you're taking that dirt into my vehicle when you get in it, and I just don't like the way it looks. So you've got, to, you've got acceptance. Are they okay with you coming to their premises? Access is another big one. You know, is can you get into the, to, to, to different facilities? Local government is, there's, um, there's a lot of people that just, they don't, they, they don't want you, there's governments that don't let mobile detailers into the town. Uh, homeowners Association, travel distances, you know, is a huge one. And then water needs. How much water can you pack with you? So uh, we'll go ahead and start with Kevin this time and we'll work our way back up to Chris. Any input on these slides? I mean, I don't have much, I don't have much to offer in terms of that. Just make sure you do your due diligence, just like anything else with insurance and licensing and all that. So that, that should be something that you look at, like if you're targeting, you know, certain neighborhoods, which you should be, you need to understand what the HOA requirements are for that neighborhood, which typically they all have websites and all that. So you can kind of look at the bylaws and, uh, and everything. And so uh, back one more note about our cleanliness stuff is that, you know, my wife does these off-road rallies where they're literally out in the desert for nine or 10 days, 12 hours a day in the, in the Jeep. They have these little, like, I don't know, they're like 24 by 20. Um, they're basically like a big diaper wipe kind of a thing. They're like a wet wipe, but they're designed for that purpose. So, you know, buy a bunch of those and keep them in your truck with you. And then you can, you know, keep cleaned up. Get, get, get yourself a cat bath as you go. You know, that you can get them anywhere. Medical supply companies that supply um, convalescent facilities will have those, and they're pretty cheap. You can yeah. buy them at the base. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a great one because just the other thing in a mobile operation, believe it or not, is we had we learned this the hard way. We put a porta potty in there. We put yeah. a on top porta potty because the last thing you want to do is, is <laughs> go in and have to do, you know, you know normal, <laughs> normal, normal human, you know, uh, uh actions and and stink up somebody's bathroom you know when you're a service provider so yeah. we actually bought one it was just a you know a blue water one we could you put it in a bag and i'll tell you my, my guys thought i was crazy when i brought that in and man i'll tell you within about three months they're like we're using it you know because you can't get caught especially now cameras everywhere come on man so chris yeah. you know i've been on a, a lot of job sites and seen a lot of different uh people's rigs and things like that uh, but what first comes to mind with what you're talking about, um, you know, appearance, I think, is, is huge. Uh, I've seen different guys and you're like taking care of, you know, $100,000 car or something and, and, and your appearance just isn't right. Uh, but also, if you roll up to, to the front of someone's million dollar house and you're taking care of their vehicles, it, it's, I, you know, carrying your own water, having your own energy. I think those are two things that you have to have on your mobile rig because, you roll up to someone's house you're like hey where's your water spigot you know i need to i'm going to use your garden hose or i'm going to hook up to your electric uh you know i was out with kyle clark recently and he was um you know he he hooked up to a, a customer's house and he and you know he's like i never do this you know I, I i never hook up to the customer's house but he was just doing it uh because he didn't want to run his generator at the time I, you know he got the customer's per permission but he said you know, when he rolls up and he's doing a mobile setup, uh, you know, he has everything on his van to do the job and he doesn't have to uh, interact or ask the customer to use their energy or to use their water. Uh, he has those capabilities on his truck like the majority of the mobile guys do. So you have to kind of think about those things. And I, 
I see a lot of questions coming in about insurance and, and, you know, bolt, bolting down your, your stuff and things like that. So, you know, all of, all of those questions that people are talking about, those are all things you have to have insured or on your insurance plan, I believe. You know, well, we'll, we'll jump into, we'll jump into the yeah. question here at the end. So, you know, you bring up a great point is don't leave oil spots behind. If you're, Oh uh, no, Kevin, you just nailed If you get an old vehicle and you're leaking uh, my Chevelle, you know, 67 original motor, I say it doesn't leak. It just leaves its mark. No yeah. <laughs> uh, but here you do is when you start getting vehicles that are leaking, you put, and the same goes for mobile guys that, you know, are dressing tires and driveways on concrete or pavers, and you leave your marks, man, you're not coming back. No. Yeah. 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 You're not coming back. So, Kevin, you got anything to add to that? No, I think that's, you know, uh, I think that's, you said it all right there. Cool. Okay. So, let's go to the next one real quick. Let's go over fixed locations, my observations. These are simply because we could get into so many different things. Uh, that I, I'm going to try to keep it very, very simple. Entering into fixed locations, uh, way short on capital, where you just don't have the money. Um, I, we saw a lot of that five weeks ago. It was amazing. I've said this 20 times, probably on every one of these, is that within six days, we saw guys saying they were going to fail. And to me, it was lack of capital for whatever reason. Uh, you can come up with whatever, whatever excuse you can have. But I feel bad for the new guys, but also the new guys shouldn't have as big a lump, you know, biggest nut to break every month either. Um, and this is a real lesson that you need to take and have capital. Too large a shop for real needs. So many people have just these massive shops. I see these three, four, 5,000 square foot shops and three cars in it. And it's like, are you <laughs> kidding me? A horrible lease agreement. Uh, I see that all the time. It's just, they've, they've walked you into a lease agreement that's, that's really, uh, it's, it was, it was, you know, a triple net, uh, lease agreement. Uh, it just, the terms were all in the favor of the, of the property owner management, uh, dumping massive capitals into, uh, improve improvements on short-term leases. If you're going to go in and put massive lighting systems in and refinish the floors and paint and construction, and everything else, and you got a one-year lease, uh, boy, you need to rethink that. Even if you have a two-year lease at minimum, if I'm going to go in and dump capital, I better have a three to five, three to seven-year lease in place and five to seven is probably really what we're going to do once versus needs. A lot of people just want to have the big shop. It's a Viagra pill. You know, they got the big, the big shop penis syndrome, you know, <laughs> show off. Uh, they're trying to impress the industry, which just, just blows me away, man. Uh, and I did both mobile and fixed and why uh, mobile remained our premium service. And so anytime that somebody would want mobile is that we would take an ad on anywhere from, 100 to $250 to that same service just to go mobile. And we had a certain clientele that just wanted it. Well, guess what? It, it, it paid very well when we did it. And we already had the mobile unit. Why get rid of it? So we did both. So observations there. We'll go ahead and start this time. Let's go up to Chris first. I'll go to Kevin. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, you talk about, I, like I said, I've been to a lot of shops and, you know, you see someone and yeah, of course you brag about having a new facility and things like that, but you don't think about that short-term lease situation, you know, say you put in floor drains and you spent thousands of dollars to redo your floors or you painted a great logo on your floor and you spent thousands of dollars to do that. If you don't have the right lease, you know, your landlord can come to you tomorrow and say, Hey, you got 30 days to get out. And that money's gone. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's folded down to the floor and you're not moving it. It's gone. So, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind is just think, about that that uh that long-term lease uh program and getting that that signed up 
I know a lot of people think, well, I'm really scared. It kind of scares me. Hey man, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. If you're going to dump a bunch of money into it, if you're going into it thinking, man, I don't know if I want to, Oh boy. Yeah. That means you're that, that really means a red flag. You don't have enough capital already. And you probably should stay mobile, you know, or you really do, or figure something out. Sublease out a, a, one of our guys in the mafia mentioned on, on the last one, sublease out a little space in somebody else's shop and just grow into that, you know, don't jump in. So Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, a couple things uh, from subleasing. One thing to look at is there are a lot of guys in your town that have those shops that plumbers, electricians, these guys that are gone all day when you need somewhere to be. So start looking at some of those guys and you can reach out to them and say, look, I, I just need to set up a little section over here to keep my stuff. I'll pay you X number of dollars. I'll use your shop during the day. I'm out by 6 p.m. by the time you and your crew get back and, and then it, then it you works. Know, the other thing is, like, go, go, you know, that's an amazing thing that you just say because when I got my start, I was, I was uh, the Bartels, good friends of mine. Uh, they're heating and air conditioning contractors and I used the back of their shop when they weren't using it. I've never, I never even went back to that direction, you know? So that's a, that's a brilliant observation. So thank you. Yeah. So like, I mean, the other thing would be ego, like you said, obviously the detailing industry has a problem with it. Um, trying to build a big shop so you can post on Facebook is probably the dumbest thing in the world. Um, the other thing that I learned in my, my own businesses is don't spend today's money in anticipation of future income, Ooh. which I think is what is what we're seeing right now is that guys are like, oh, I have to build a shop so I can be busy this summer. Yeah, I don't think so. Because like I made this mistake even with my own business. Like it's like I need inventory. I need advertising. I need this. So, you know, you get in a situation where if that income doesn't come, you're screwed. I mean, that's basically that's what I think, point. what I think we're seeing right now. That's so. a great point. I love it. Great points, guys. Okay. So this next one is pretty uh, fixed location basics. Uh, here's a, a, a capital minimals is that if you're going to have going to a shop is you need to have 12 months of financials in the bank. That includes your personal. You got to be able to, now if things really get slow is you could always take a little part-time gig, but is that going to decrease the amount of income? that comes into your business even more. So I used to say six to 12 months after this, after this episode, no way. If you don't have 12 months in the bank, you shouldn't be in a shop. Sorry, simple as that. And I know a lot of people, I, I had some big names in the industry, man, no, Renny, that's just, you're gonna take and tell these guys, most of them aren't gonna be able to do it. Well, sorry, do you wanna be in business or do you wanna be broke? Because that's, I've, I've, I've witnessed it. I've, I've actually gone through this. This is my first rodeo and I'm telling you, is you're rolling the dice on destroying your whole business if you don't have enough money in the bank, if you can't back it up. Now, if you're going in and getting an SB loan and stuff like that, you're going to have to have capital put away anyway in a great, in a great credit rating. Uh, what size do you really need? Your budget, your demands, your real usage needs, and then profits per square foot per month. I figured it out. Is that um, you know, so many people just have so much more shop than they, they, they want that shop, but do they need that shop well of course i've wanted the shop that i'm in right now it, it you know it happened overnight 35 years it only took me 35 years to get into the shop that's it only 35 <laughs> years but let me tell you my own shop story i started out in a 1200 square foot shop that shop ran 1.3 million dollars a year through it was it an inconvenient it was until winter time when it got slow then it was perfect 
during the summertime when we busted 70% of our, our profits out, it was crammed. And it was like putting a, a, a jigsaw puzzle together every single day. But my point was, is that I kept the money. Our staff kept the money. We paid well. We did great work. The perceived value, it was a clean little shop, wasn't anything fancy. Is that if I can do that, did I like doing it out of 1,200 square feet? It was what was available. And it was what we could afford. We could jump from 1,200 square feet to 5,000 square feet, and we would have been out of business because the winter would have ate us alive. Now, two the type of lease, no triple net, is you're crazy. If, you, if you're looking at triple net, you're probably looking at prime locations. Is, and if you don't know what the triple net uh, lease is, go look it up. There's, the pass-throughs from the owner can be insane. I had one triple net uh, lease in my lifetime. It, they passed along excessive snow removal when they wanted to redo the parking lot for blacktop and striping. They passed that along. When they put a new roof on it, they passed that along. We ended up paying, uh, on, on average, about $10,000 extra a year because we had a triple net lease. So uh, you got to be really careful. So... Um, who did we start out with last time? I'll ask track. Usually I'm good at this. Who's next? Go, Chris. I, I, yeah, I mean, I can go. It's, you know, one of these things, when, when you're talking about having the right amount of money to open your shop, I think that's, that's key, Rennie, because, uh, you know, keeping relationships in this industry and making sure you're able to pay your bills, I think is a, is a key point that you have to also think about. Not only your lease uh, and, and, you know, the roof over you, but you also need to make sure you keep good relationships with all of your uh, dealers and different people that you deal with in the industry, because that's how you build your business. I mean, if you want to grow and you want to be successful, you need to keep good relationships and good terms with people. Uh, you know, that's the first thing that comes, comes to my mind. And, and it's funny, you talk about the size of your shop and I, I've been to a lot of those 10,000 square foot facilities and one week I'll be there and they've got, you know, everybody's busy and everything's working like a well-oiled machine. And then the next time you're there, they have one car and, you know, then they're having to lay off employees and different things like that. So before you get into those large facilities, you, you really have to have that well-oiled machine and you have to have your systems in place to be able to, to do a large facility uh, well, like that. Well, you know, and it comes down to what you can afford to pay. And here's the deal. I see a lot of these people that have these large, you know, I don't drink, so I love to, to, to treat people or at SEMA or different events, guys that I want to get intel on, I love to start buying drinks for them. Because once you start getting them a little lathered up, they start getting diarrhea of the mouth. And there's a lot of people in the industry that have these mega really nice shops that rent apartments. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm also saying, you know, you could own your own house and have a smaller shop and be getting ahead in life, you know, instead of just, you know, having this, this social social media image. So Kevin input. Yeah. I like that idea of having 12 months of financials. I mean, Dave Ramsey's a big financial guy that we kind of subscribe to and he's the three months of emergency fund from a personal finance standpoint. So I think that's important. The other thing I would say is if you don't know what he's talking about with these lease, and even if you do, if you don't have a lot of experience, there are commercial real estate attorneys that, I mean, hell they're 250 bucks an hour. But if you spend a grand on it and save a hundred thousand, that's probably that's probably going to be worth it. Oh, um, so that would be a, my other advice. Good advice. Yeah, it's you, you can get tied up in a lease, a real bad lease, really quick. So you got to be really careful with that. So equipment, you know, hey guys, here's the thing: we could man, we could spin our head around 
our axle so fast on equipment. So we're gonna, I'm going to just jump in here and talk a little bit and have you guys put in. So polishers, you know, high-speed forced action, DA, micro, extension cords to Chris's point, 12-gauge, no 14s, throw the 14s out. Same thing with you have a steamer. Need versus want, marketing value. What am I talking about? Not marketing value. Listen, going back to the perceived value, you pick up one of these little micro tools and just do a video of you. I'm going to take it as a car guy. I'm going to go, ooh, you know, what, what's, the, what's that that they're playing with, you know? Um, your tools can help sell jobs. And so your equipment can help sell jobs. And so uh, the marketing value of it, the efficiency of it, uh, again, detailers helper and why, you know, it's going to cut those, not just in time. You got to think, I'm 54 years old, man, is that my body has been torn up detailing, you know, all the other businesses that I've owned, you know, window tinting, uh, uh, window coverings, you know, all those are man, you know, they're, they're, they're active moving parts when you're out doing it. Search and rescue, the military, mountain biking, uh, all the football when I was young, you know, it's taken its toll on my body, but there's a reason I'm still going is because I've learned to be efficient at not twisting my body up, bending all the time. Um, you know, I'm doing things the correct way. And that's what I love about just something as easy as a, as a, as a detailer's belt, you know, to help you out. And I think that Kevin and the show are just brilliant. And the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, that's cool. But also the way your motions of the tools, what the tool's doing to your body, how you're operating the tool. Most of the time, the tool's doing exactly what it wants. It's operator error. That's the problem is that you're doing detailing mm. completely wrong. Things that make you go, Hmm, your know-how, you know how to even use the tool, your abilities, your needs, training yourself, and then training staff. What, what, what's your operation? Are you going to be able to train staff on a high-speed forced action DA? What's the easiest to get them moving on? And then the sheep effect, what I call the sheep effect, is doing everything else that the herd's doing and just following like sheep what everybody else is doing. Go out, and that's what I love about shows like SEMA, you know, about uh, uh, this, the, the uh, mobile tech, is get hands-on experience. Put your hands on these tools Stay at that booth. I see guys in there that are there for five minutes, run a tool and they go. And I'm like, what did that just accomplish? You know, mm -hmm. nothing. I mean, but I see guys that come in and say, Hey, yeah, they'll run it on the hood. Hey, can I run it on that? Yeah. And they'll run it. They're there for half an hour. They're getting a good feel for what that tool is going to be. So Kevin, we'll go ahead and start with you this time. I mean, I think one of the biggest advice that I give to people, um, yeah, I did a video a few years ago. My videos have slowed down a lot. Cause I think other people have kind of, uh, say it better than I do but one of the videos I did was no if you don't know your numbers you don't know jack and I think that goes into twofold if you don't know how long it takes to do a car and you don't know what your workflow looks like I mean obviously I, I'm big on the efficiency thing but I want you to look at your entire workflow if you have a, a GoPro even set up your cell phone video you and your staff doing a day's worth of detailing and you will see how ridiculous it is one of the things I love now is everybody's doing these high-speed videos of themselves on a car. Um, and most guys don't see this. For me, I love it because you'll see these guys going doing this all the way around the car, which drives me insane. And then I had a guy send me a video of him using the belt. Um, and literally, he starts at this fender, and he goes all the way around like this. And yep. he never left the car. And so, like, and that goes with, you know, how your equipment's set up, how your you know, what you've got for your polisher setup, where your extension cord is coming from, overhead or under the car, all that crap. 
And that stuff is easily revealed by just doing a video of yourself, you know, show and set it up so that you have a full time lapse or full, full video of at least a full detail in a full day if you can do it. I'll tell you, you know, that, you know, what's amazing about that one point right there is that when you record your staff, you're going to see how much time, if you're letting your staff have their cell phones on the floor, working with them, you're going to see how much time you lose to, 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 to cell phone time to, for them yep. checking uh, their social media and everything else. You know, most of our guys I teach now is that when people come in and they're new hire, we hand them over, slide over our cell phone policy agreement and say, before you take this job, before we even talk about you're taking it, here's our cell phone policy. You're not going to have it. You can keep it in the locker, keep it in your car. If we're mobile, you keep it in the rig. On our breaks, at lunch, you know, you can go check your phone. Well, what do I do if there's an emergency? They can call our business number. We, we answer it nonstop. Is they, they can call our business number, we'll get a hold of you. It's called what we used to do back in the 80s and 90s. It's okay. <laughs> I said, believe it or not, you'll survive. And you won't believe how many people don't take a job because they're addicted to, to taking and, you know, looking at their, their screens all the time. So that's a great point. Chris, want to add, throw something in there? You know, I mean, obviously the equipment is, you know, a big part for me, but the one thing I always talk about is just having the right tool for your, you know, in your arsenal. Uh, you know, I think that's key. You know, everybody on this call is probably mostly professionals and uh, are building their business. And, you know, I get the question at SEMA, well, which unit would you buy? Why would... Honestly, you really need, you know, a lot, multiple different units, maybe not even the same brand, uh, just different units in your arsenal because every project's a little different. So you need to make sure you evaluate that. Obviously, you have to have your go-to unit, which I know Rennie's go-to unit. Uh, it's wrapped in $100 bills because he made a lot of money with that unit. So, you know, but the, the, the bottom line is just, you know, having the right tool in your arsenal and, and building that arsenal. Start with one and then you have to buy other units because every project's a little different. But going to the, the cell phone thing, you know, um, and the detail, the detailer belt, I've seen a lot of people that use that small pocket you have, Kevin, and they keep that kind of right in the center of their belt. And as a business owner, if you're by yourself, yes, I can understand how the employees not having their cell phone and chatting with their girlfriend or wife or whatever, uh, or husband, you know, but the, the the bottom line as a business owner, having that, that cell phone easily accessible in your detailer uh, helper belt, um, you know, someone like Kevin or um, Kyle Clark, when I call Kyle, he's polishing with his 3401 and talking to me with his headset. You yeah. know, and that's just, nor I know you've talked to him and that's, he's, he's working with his earbuds in. And, uh, but having, as a business owner, I think having that cell phone close is important. Maybe as an employee, that's a different situation like you were talking about, Rennie. Uh, but for someone like Kyle Clark or Mark Elliott, who's trying to book appointments and, and talk to clients, that, that's the only thing that I would point out about that. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, talking about different tools was we, we, you know, we've, we've had a long association with flex uh, for, you know, over a decade. But the thing is we train, we've got, we've, we've got uh, 62 polishers in stock that we train on. And people will come in and they'll say, okay, hey, what's your favorite one? And I said, doesn't matter. It's what your favorite one is. We're going to train you on everything. And then you pick the one that you like the best or the units you like the best. And you can see on this cart right here, if you look across this picture, look how many different brands there are. And that's just, that's just a random picture I picked up, you know, and it's got one, two, three, three different brands on it right there. We've got, we've got two or three more brands and polishers alone that we let you select from. And so it's not what I like. It's what you like. 
great input, guys. So let's go ahead and go over to this. Equipment I can't live without. Uh, forced action. It's, I just think that the, the, the technology is completely, um, it's underestimated of what its ability is. Uh, steam. Um, huh. Man, I'll tell you, the this, this steam is so valuable. It can be used in so many different ways. And while we're at it, it does not kill the coronavirus, especially when you wave the magic wand over it for four seconds and think you're doing it, you're fleecing your market. Um, now, does it, is it effective? Yeah, we've been using it. You know, you can see, look at the lineup of, of steamers here. And there's two more behind here that I get pictures of. That's just for the training. One brand, two brands, three, four different brands of, of steamers. Is it valuable? Yeah, it's essential. Uh, really good shop vac is we're going to get into a statement here at the very end, but you need, especially now that we're facing what we're facing and going forward, it's not going to end a HEPA, you know, a HEPA filter is a must, uh, electric pressure washer. I've gone away from gas. I run electric because it's silent. It's, it goes on and off. It's not running continuously in neighborhoods or at my shop or anything else. You'll hear as you get older sensitivity to, to noise and everything else, you think it's because you age. No, it's because you damage yourself when you were younger. Is so if you're young, take care of those years now. Uh, top mm -hmm. level generator, you know, is again, uh, we've never gone with the cheap generators. We've gone to the, the you know, uh, the new generation of generators with the Hondas, you know, the EUs and so forth. And now you've got battery packs from Ego that we're testing that are completely silent, that are, you know, it's the Tesla of, of generators, you know, and then add on products that allow me to upsell. I'm all about that. So we could go through each piece of equipment and spend 1900 hours talking about it, but this is kind of what I think is essential. So Chris, we'll lead off with you uh, about a two minute lead in on this, and then we'll go back over to Kevin. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just going to go right to the generator. Uh, you know, the new ego uh, power, it's called a power station. Uh, and, and this system, if you think you're rolling up in front of a million dollar house, you're getting ready to fire up, you know, don't get me wrong. The Honda generator, I have one in my garage. It's great. You know, I use it for tailgating and stuff, but no matter how you look at it, it's making noise. And with the new generation of these power stations, there's zero noise. Like there's a small little fan that turns, but it's, you can barely hear it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, in some of your videos you have coming up, Rennie, where you're using that power station, um, you know, it's, it's going to be eye opening and it's just different and it's new technology. And that's really what I, I'd like to add here. Cool. Kevin. Yeah. I mean, I think that he was, I was going to say, um, you know, uh, not to take away from the power stations, but if you are running generators and that's the kind of the way that you decide to go, get as quiet as you can. There's decibel, decibel meters on, you know, they kind of give those ratings, understand how that works and how it, how it equates to sound. You can actually parallel small generators together. So you don't have to buy a 55, 6,500 watt generator uh, in order to, in order to run your thing. And, and the other thing to your point about hearing protection, my daughter's deaf in one ear. So I became even more, um, sensitive to that, but PPE, I know you've probably already talked about PPE a ton, but that's one thing that, that people forget is ear protection. You know, I, I know a lot of farmers and, you know, I'm 47 and all my farmer friends are deaf, um, because they don't take care of their hearing. So that's the other thing. No, it's, it's a huge thing. And as you'll find out again, it's, you know, it's because you're, it, you know, people will say, you know, it's cause you're old. No, it's because I was foolish when I was young has nothing to do. I mean, I'm sure our, our, you know, our vision, our hearing, everything kind of depletes a little bit, but I've always, to Kevin, to your point, I've always really taken good care of my hearing. Um, my eyes, I've always worn, you know, people always ask me why the sunglasses on top of the head, they think it's a cool factor. 
guys, I've worked in industry the whole life where I had to wear sunglasses. I was mobile 80% of the time in my, in my career. And it's because I, I've got real sensitive eyes to light. And it's also all of my glasses are ballistic glasses. They're all safety glasses. They're also a wraparound style. So whether I'm in the military search and rescue on detailing, they're, they're always here. You know, I'm inside right now. It's just, it's just what I've gotten used to over life. So great input. Um, you know, products. Don't go crazy. You know, everybody, ooh, look at that new one. That's why manufacturers like peanut. We like to do it yourself. Do it selfers go crazy. You need a you need a you need every new product that comes out on your shelves. Okay. Every new product, especially if they label PNS double black. But here's the deal, you pros. <laughs> you know what? You you could really get by right now. There are, are like you know, double blacks coming out with a new a new um a new abrasive um within within our compound. You could get away with two compounds, two or three polishes in an ultra polish and, and, and that's enough. You, you don't just, you just don't need endless amounts, 45 different compounds. Now, as you get more successful, do I use them? Absolutely. You know, we've gotten training, we've got probably eight different compounds, probably about 10 different polishes, uh, three different ultra polishes is, is that we will use them if you're performing at the top levels, meaning that your shop's producing your detail boss out of, out of Scottsdale and you're producing 200, to $400 an hour. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing. But if you're struggling at, at hitting $50 an hour, $60 an hour, the last thing you want to do is take in and, 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 and mount up a, a warfare of, of products within your shop. Uh, one brand versus several brands. I, I think it's really tough to go with one brand. I know the brand guys probably don't want to hear that, but you know what it is, just to be honest, it's, it's very tough to go one brand. There's too many good things out there. You're going to have to mix and match. Um, it's got to be easy. If it's not easy to use now, every product won't be easy on every paint. That's why we like to have several different compounds because some, some paints are tacky to some products. And if it's hard to wipe off, I ain't using it because you're going to leave towel marks and so forth. So it's got to be easy. Have a budget. <laughs> I'm going to tell you is years ago. Oh my gosh. I was that guy. Ooh, you know, somebody put something shiny up in front of you and brand new product. I bought it. I went in and in one year, our product expenses tripled. And so I got one credit card given to me and I had an allowance every month of what I could do product wise. And once I hit that, <laughs> I didn't do it anymore. And that really curved me in just spending unneeded money on, 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 on products and so forth. Um, why not driving in deeper? Why can't we get into more? There's too much. There's too many opinions. There's too much product. There's too much brands. There's too many camps. There's too many, there's, there, there's too many, it's the white coats versus the red coats. And the, you know, I, I just not going to get into that. It's just too tricky. Um, there's, there's, there's so many good sources for products. Go with who you like, who you trust and the products that have got good education. If they're not supporting the industry and they're not coming out and supporting you and your business, I would think twice, but guess what? Most of them are doing a, a great job. Um, people always ask me, I went back with Chris in, 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 and I were at Malco competitive product to PNS last year. And I put on, Chris and I worked a couple days with them. And why would I do that? Because Malco is a great company that's educating their client base. And I see, I want to champion great products. They've, 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 they've championed me. And by the way, I had to kick Chris's ass on the racetrack. So get that figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me go back to that. So uh, Chris, we'll start with you on this one. You, you, you know, when you look at this, the bottom line, uh, you know, like you said, having a shootout and things like that, it just doesn't make sense in today's world. I mean, the bottom line you do have to have multiple uh, products 
for different jobs. I mean, that, that you, you cannot go with just one uh, particular product. And, and it, it does go with time and understanding those products. You do have to buy, you do have to do your own tests because really, to be honest with you, I think almost a lot, you know, a lot of the products out there perform a little different based on who you are and how you, Absolutely. you use them. So that's really what I, I think about when I look at this slide is, is just, you know, again, build your arsenal and uh, take your time doing it. I like it. Kevin? Yeah, people ask me, you know, what's the, or I see it on Facebook or whatever, what's the best XYZ for this job? And my answer is always, whichever product makes you the most amount of money in the least amount of time, giving the, giving what you're working on. That's it. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's, I don't care what it is, but that's the thing. Like, like I just want to know what makes you the most money and it takes the least amount of time to accomplish this thing. My biggest pet peeve is seeing these guys, Oh, look at my watch. It's two 30 in the morning. I mean, oh, I'm like, you clearly you're using the wrong tools and the wrong equipment and you're a moron. So go to bed and just go make some money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. We got the same philosophy there. Just, I see that and it's like, yeah, 16 hours grinding on Christmas day. And I'm like, dude, you have no, that is the opposite of success. That is, yep. that, I mean, come on. Or you could, now I had to work, I had to work Christmas Eve. We're doing jets. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it was, I, I dug not Christmas. I worked 16. Um, we're just one. We're on a, we're on a podcast on the, on the, uh, or on a webcast on the mafia two days ago. And we were talking with the detail boss and we were talking about a job that we did for, um, Barrett Jackson back seven years ago where we worked like 26 hours straight nonstop because we had to get, we had to get it done. Right. Uh, so, so I, I understand having to do it, but making it a regular habit is pretty moronic. You know, it's just, I don't get it. Never have. Uh, so now let's go into this as coatings. I'm going to make this really simple. Demand. What's going to make? Back to Kevin's point. What, what's going to make you money? Um, offer what you can sell. Um, go with who supports you. It's kind of sounding like products, right? If it's difficult, there's two types to think about. If it's difficult, you better be making a lot of money off of it. Uh, if I'm going to take enough, I'm making $100 no matter what brand I'm using. $100 an hour and one's easy and one's hard, pretty easy to figure out what I'm, I'm you know, I want to go with the easy path. You know, it's not the path to the least resistance, it's the path to the most profits. Because if it's easier, it's going to take you less time. And so uh, profits per hour, I'm all about that. What product I can, I can network with. And then, and then again, what, what do you like and prefer to sell? What's on your own car that you've liked? What have you tested? And if you're not testing multiple, multiple coatings on your own cars or relative cars, you're crazy. And then warranty facts is that, you know, is, is, You've got, you've got transparent warranties now that are aftermarket that doesn't hold you liable to things. Uh, Inspiration's got a brand new warranty. It's the same way. as It's a third-party warranty. It's a true warranty. A lot of these companies, unfortunately, is you're holding, you're holding responsibility when you say the coating's going to do this. And if the coating doesn't do that, is what the coating manufacturer is going to do is to go, here, here's a bottle, and then you're going to have to spend 22 hours doing the correction and fixing it because your customer's not happy. And so there's a lot, I think that's going to change. I think we're seeing, we're starting to see the wave and peak realize that warranties versus a conditions sheet is different. So we'll start out, Kevin, why don't you uh, jump into this one this time? I mean, obviously I've, I spent a couple of years working uh, for G-Technic for a coating manufacturer. Um, but my thought here on anything coating related is I think the biggest mistake that the industry makes is thinking that they have to, that these $3,500 coatings is the only thing you can oh, do. 
Yep. You know, I, you know, and they do them once every six months at that level. Well, at the same time, maybe you could have done 200 at $200. And so again, it's what, you know, what you need to do to satisfy the needs of the customer and sell as much as possible. That's, that's kind of the idea when it, when it comes to coatings. I love it. Chris. You know, I, I see a lot of guys applying different coatings and I see different menus when I go to these different shops and stuff. And it's, it's like Kevin says, having the, the, the right coating uh, or at least the, the, the costing, I guess, for, for, for your customer base, who are you selling to? If you only offer that $3,500 coating, you're going to do them every other month or something like that. You're not going to do, you know, and versus going to someone and you see, you know, a, a three to $500 coating and they're doing two of those a day. You know, that's, that's what you need to look at and have a, maybe a variety is, is what I'm thinking. You know, I've got a really unique perspective on this is that over the last uh, primarily with, with, with flex, I had the honor uh, with flex PNS, a couple other brands, about 30 countries in the last four or five years, uh, six years. And I'm going to tell you across the globe, the sweet spot in, in us dollar value wise is six to 800 bucks, 600 to $800. Here's what that means is it's a, it's a one-step correction with XYZ coding on it. Here's why I like that. They're going to come back every year and have a tune up. They probably won't go through the original coding, but you're going to have to sharpen up and repolish, recorrect the coding, reapply. Um, I think that everybody's missing the boat. I think there's a lot of money to be made at that sweet spot. I, I think that um, I'm not saying there's a lot of, there's a lot of hype, you know, and people have bought into it, but there's a lot of good coatings too at that high, 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 high level. There's also a lot of high end markets that can sell a lot of those coatings. But there's, there's the majority of the markets across the globe, I'm going to tell you that six to 800 is a real good sweet spot to be at. And pretty much, I don't care what market you're in, you can hit that sweet spot and it wouldn't be too difficult. Most people. Yeah. And again, and again, if you don't, if you have to know your market to Chris's point. You know, if, if your market is soccer moms, you should be doing 349 interior coatings all day long. Absolutely. If it's, if it's all Ferraris and McLarens, then sell that stuff. I mean, sell the highest stuff, but like, again, no, no, who you're selling to pick the right thing. I love it. I love it. Great input there. Some key topics, get educated. Um, YouTube certified. If you're a professional, come on, man. Oh, I don't need it. I know it all. Oh my God. No, you don't. I don't. Any of you guys know it all? Mm -mm. No. Yeah. I always, I always say if you're, if you, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly it. And, and, and I'm usually, I can admit, I am usually, you know, special education guy, you know, and, uh, get educated. Uh, dry interiors is the, the trend is, especially now with this, what we've seen coming down now, we've been preaching dry interiors for a long time is that we don't get our we, I haven't used a traditional extractor. I want, I want to say this, a traditional extractor in 20 plus years is we use very high end shop backs that cross, that do two jobs is they, they're going to vacuum and they're going to extract. Flex is one of them. Uh, that vacuum is extremely powerful. It's got a HEPA uh, system on it. There's a lot of other ones that are out there, but that's one of them. And then uh, new level interiors is now we're going to be seeing a, not just simply uh, that you're going to be detailing cars. You're going to have to literally figure out a way. We've got a meeting tomorrow with the, with the mafia as we figured out a really good system that not only will kill viruses, but it'll continue to kill viruses, you know, for X amount of time. So that's moving forward. That's going to be probably have to be for the, the shops that 
really want to take and, and, and offer a good service, good value, uh, not fleece people, is that's going to have to be an option that we're looking at. And then paint correction at the level they're paying you. I mean, so many of us, so many of us do paint correction for us, and the customer doesn't know the difference between a wash clean and a wax in a, in a stage three. Uh, they just they, they really don't. They might be able to see some of the swirls gone, but most of the time, most customers just want a shiny, a, sh a shiny outside that's protected. Uh, Mike Phillips, to quote him, as he says, most people don't know the difference between a swirl and a squirrel. You know, simple as that. And so I love that saying. So Chris, we'll lead in with you on this time. Then we're going to, to, to Kevin. Yeah, the swirl and the squirrel. That's uh, I've heard that once or twice at a lot of these events. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know the, the the bottom line is making sure. I think you know what I what first comes to mind when we talk about that swirl versus squirrel is educate your customer when you're doing the walk around with them and you're talking about your price uh, menu. You know, a lot of I I think you talk about this, Rennie, is not you know not putting your prices up on a board, but bring your customer in and do a consultation with them. You know, I, I was down uh, with Justin Lobato and I was waiting to speak with him and I was listening to him do a walk around with a new customer. And the customer did not understand anything about detailing whatsoever. He had a nice Tesla, you know, that, that Justin was getting ready to work on with him. And he was pointing out, you know, some imperfections in the customer's car. And then when he started talking about pricing, he said, hey, we've got a couple different levels we can do with your car. We can do this program or this program. And, you know, and then by talking with your customer and understanding that level, maybe educating your customer, that really helps you in, in turning them in the right direction so that you can get the business. Well put, man. Well put. So, Kevin? Yeah, I always said whenever people would call, it's like, well, what do you charge? And the, the answer to that question is another question. Well, what's your budget? Amen. I mean, I'll, I'll – <laughs> You know, if you want to spend a thousand bucks, I'll spend your thousand bucks. If you want to spend $59, you're calling the wrong guy. But that's, that's always the question that I, that I ask. The other thing that to point out what you're saying is that it's, it's been interesting to see the elitist mentality of the detailing industry has always looked down on interiors. Yep. And like living where we live, we have nine months of winter. So when I was running a full-time shop, like 80% of our revenue was interiors. Yep. And people will pay for that. They will. And, and I think it's funny to see this kind of come around to where these guys that wouldn't be caught dead, you know, vacuuming a carpet for somebody are now, you know, figuring out a way to do it. And that's nothing against those guys. Paint correction, all that, that's great. But, but it's, it's been interesting to see that they recognize the importance of actually cleaning interiors and the revenue source it can be. We, uh, we've been preaching that for years is that, you know, and we, I said, hey, I think in the next couple of years, you know, that it was going to come back around. Well, we kind of got, you know, oops, uh, <laughs> coronavirus kind of put that right into us. So, you know, and, and again, I want you know, great, great response by both of you. And then I want you to look at this picture. Look at the brands that are sitting here, you know, is that is, is don't be locked into uh, the sheep mentality. You got to look at everything that's out there. So, so, so you, this is something, and we've talked about it, we've hit on it. So you, you want top dollar, but you utilize big box store brands, you know, and cheap tools is I always outfitted my shops. There's a reason why we did so well. One of the reasons why was that you could never walk into our shop and or our mobile unit and see something that you could buy down at the corner. Product wise, tool wise, nothing. That's what I love about taking and going through with, you know, when you walk up and you have, you pull that paint gauge out of Kevin's, uh, you know, tool belt and you start measuring paint. Um, we call it a panty dropper. Poof. Dudes, <laughs> dudes, dudes, whitey tighties drop right to the floor right then and there. 
they're ready to spend money. Um, not only because of the belt, but because of what you're pulling out of the belt. When you pull up and you've got a – nowadays, you will not see us detail a car without a HEPA filter anymore. It is not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. But when you pull up and, and, and somebody, if I pull up in my rig and I've got all brands that they look different, they touch different, they sound different, is who's going to win that battle? You know, if you're just a car washer and, you, you know, maybe your excuse is, well, I'm just starting out, then don't start out until you can start out right. I hate to say it. And if you're survivalist mentality and you're just going out and getting your start, even then, I, I still, I had, again, I'm not lying, man. Is anybody that knows me knows that was a start. Well, I've, well, I've Dave Morris come on, my first customer. He know he watched me use this. He actually, and he's still a good friend. He watched me use this. It's all I had. But you know what? I graduated up at that point. I wasn't doing any interiors. Once we started going that direction, what did I do? I did the research and bought the right equipment right off the bat. Right off the bat. So, Chris, input on this one, then we'll go to Kevin. You know, you talked, you talked about just having the right tool and, you know, the vacuum thing. Uh, vacuum is, uh, is something that is – can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, just switch. Something, to, something changed, but we got you. Yeah, sorry. I think my, I think my earpiece died. Um, but anyways, you know, the bottom line, just having the right tool. Um, you know, the box store thing, there is a different level of, of what you can buy. Like, so the Flex Vacuum, for instance, and you mentioned the HEPA filter. We first brought those vacuums in specifically for the drywall market and OSHA, you know, specs to, to, so that when you're sanding drywall. And I, I, we showed it a couple times at uh, some different car shows and some people like felt the vacuum. But that vacuum itself, the suction is not comparable to anything you can buy at any home center. It's just not. It really it's isn't. stronger than most extractors people are using. I mean, seriously, it, it's completely different. So that's, that's what I have to add. Just make sure you know what you're buying and, and have what's right for the job. Mr. Davis. Well, I mean, I'm a big branding guy, right? Like that's kind of what I've built um, everything around for all of my brands. I've got what, seven of them. Um, so your tools, your outfits, everything, your marketing, all of that is what builds your brand identity. Brand identity is not your logo and your website and your Facebook page. That's a component of it. But the tools that you're using, how you take care of your tools, what your tools look like in your truck or in the box or in the shop or whatever, all of that's part of your brand identity. So this is, you know, getting top dollar is making sure your brand and the value proposition around your brand um, equates to that. Well, it's culture. It's, you've got to develop yeah. this whole culture, even if you're a one man operation and you've done that through your brands, we've done that through ours. You look at all the slides on this, you look at right here, what's on there. You look at, you know, the Rennie Doyle, you know, double black collection. You look at detailing success. You look at the podcast, you look at the zero to 60 series everything's branded and it's in and, 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 and the branding changes it evolves it doesn't stay stationary it's got to come constantly grow to the new market as the market changes so being bringing in your right tools your equipment uh your products uh your uniforms you without dirty knees all these different things are part of that so just a reminder these are some of the resources that we've got going on right now is the zero to 60 short how-to videos i was Really big, believe it or not, back in 2005 to 2007 with videos, uh, a little thing called the 2008 recession hit, and, and I just went away from videos, and boy, do I regret that. Uh, but, you know, our, pad, our podcast is there, Detailing Success. we got a great 
blog that's working and then p and I got a new detailing university set up for storefronts and their distributors. Uh, and so these are all things that you can track us down at uh, and kind of follow us there. Up next, cutting edge uh, equipment and products. Uh, we're going to continue on this on Friday, this Friday. Knowledge and skill building on Monday. Uh, think ahead to June. Uh, Five-day courses were sold out. July, two openings. August, two openings. And then one-day events coming to Southern California, New Jersey, Indiana, Florida, and Arizona. So we got a lot going on. Uh, we're going to, we ramp back up and everything starts back up. We're going to start supporting you guys in different ways. So, uh, all right. Hey, so let's take some questions. Chris, is there any comments or questions? I've got a few. One of the, um, one of the ones that's come up is about the, uh, the ego generator, uh, kind of knew that would happen. Um, or power station, I should call it. Uh, the guys want to know, uh, what it can power. Uh, I've had somebody ask about a steamer and a pressure washer. Uh, I pretty much replied so far that it will power them. The question is for how long? And that's the part I couldn't answer. So here's, we, we, with, so it comes two ways. It comes to the base model with, with, with two batteries, and then it comes fully decked with four batteries. And so we've tested it both ways because we knew people were going to test it, or they're going to buy just a basic unit. The basic unit with two batteries uh, can run a couple polishers long enough to do at least one stage one exterior. Uh, with no problem whatsoever with just two, two of the four batteries in. Ironically, where I thought it was going to fail out with the two-battery system was being able to take and juice up a steamer. So utilizing um, – we use three different brands of steamers. We utilize the, the PNS uh, Vapor Blast. We utilize the VX5000. And then we uh, – the, the uh, Vapor Chief um, 75 and 100. All of them, every single one of those, it brought up to temperature. Um, with two batteries. That's the biggest thing is to bring it up to boil is in it. And it ran depending on the steamer anywhere from five to 15 minutes of steam time before the battery packs on the Nexus uh, power station just finally ran out. So now we're testing it right now with all of those steamers to see how long it will run right now. Indications are you can get through an entire interior stage one or two uh, on, on, on one power station um, uh, charge with four batteries uh, on the polishing. We'll find out more. I'm thinking that now we can do with the four, we can do a two to three stage ones or one to one and a half stage twos. A lot of work. Now they also sell the batteries that you can have backup batteries to it too. So uh, you're going to be cost wise. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty effectively the same as a, as an up, as an upgraded, you know, EU unit. It's, it's right in that price point. So, you know, we're, it's promising, um, Chris is sending me out more batteries right now. I'm going to do a lot more testing. We're going to get into the next video. We're going to do uh, the, the next one's going to be a little more evolved. So we're going to do uh, half with two and we're going to do full power with four. And then I'm going to bring two extra uh, charged batteries into it and show you what you can do if you have two extra batteries charged up, which we really think it's going to get you through a day of detailing. Yeah, Rennie, there, there are, there are uh, four different battery it's all a 56 volt platform and the Nexus, you know, the Ego Nexus power station is basically a 3000 comparable to a 3000 watt generator. Mm -hmm. um, if you have, so you've got four different batteries. You've got a 2.5 56 volt. You have a, a five amp, uh, or I'm sorry. Uh, yes, a five amp, a two amp, a 2.5 amp, a five amp, and a 7.5 7 amp, 56 volts. So the two batteries you have uh, that you've been testing it with are the standard uh, 56 volt, 7.5 amp, 
uh, hour battery. So if you have four of those, that's going to give you the full capacity. The nice thing that you didn't mention about the Nexus station, which you'll probably do in your review, is the computer module that's on it. It has an LCD screen, and as you start drawing power, it tells you exactly how much time you're going to have. So you'll know where your batteries are. So that's kind of, there's a lot of features that that thing has. Yeah, well, we're going to do a lot more, you know, we're, we, we just got it and started playing with it. So we'll probably do, I'm guessing we'll probably do, you know, a series of videos on this because we think it's really cutting edge and it's kind of the next, the next wave of going into detailing. If I was, here's the deal. A lot of guys came back and said, Hey, I've got a shop. I really don't need it. What if power goes down in your shop? You're going to run a generator, stick it outside, you know, let it, how this thing you step next to your, next to your, your vehicle, put the lights on, put the, the, the put the, the, your polisher on, put the steamer on and go to work is it doesn't exactly. run outside you don't have to have it just convenience is unbelievable so when we're going to test it with all kinds of stuff we're going to we're going to test it on our interior stuff we're going to run a refrigerator off it for a day see how long it lasts we're going to we're, we're not going to stop at detailing because there's a lot of here's the deal is i'm 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 not cheap i'm thrifty and if i'm going to buy something for my business i want it to be able to go over into camping you know aka it's a business write-off but guess what can i take a camping when we go camping yeah. You know, and, and, and if I need some tap power to run something and I'm in a camping area is that thing's completely silent. It doesn't, it you doesn't. Know, the price came up of, uh, about pricing. Uh, there's some different promotions out there. I know the starter pack usually runs between a thousand and 1200. Uh, if you're looking for all four batteries in a system, I've seen it on eBay, you know, 1400, 1500. Uh, but when you talk about a 3000 watt generator, you're looking at actually similar in pricing especially to the 3000 watt Honda generator. Um, you know, we, we have friends that, that are at different trade shows that now have uh, our friend Ben, I can't remember his uh, company name, but he has the, the solar trailer where he's looking at incorporating the solar panels on his trailer uh, with, a, with a Nexus system, you know, so yeah. taking yeah, the energy that you little, have. He's got a whole solar you, mobile unit that he builds. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so um, let's see here. Uh, there was there were some comments earlier about insurance that uh, that uh, uh, Jason uh, Rose brought up. Um, just wanted to remind guys that uh, you know the stuff that's bolted down in your van might be covered by your normal vehicle insurance, but the other stuff is not. You need to make sure you have an inland marine policy to go with it. Amen. Great point, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi. Um, um, no, it's a great point because you know what is is again. It's what we talked about last time is is if you've got a sharp, a really sharp broker, which we do, good insurance is going to be, it's not going to be cheap. And they're going to go over all those items with you. If you're just taking and going and telling your insurance dude what you need, you're missing the point. You need to have them come out and see your operation and do an evaluation. Don't be afraid of spending too much money. The only time that, you, that, that cheap insurance is great until you need it. Simple as that. Yep. You guys got any put up Kevin? No, I mean, I did a video um, years ago called about insurance and garage keepers and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, and we still have guys in the industry that are uninsured. And yep. yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, what can you say? That's just dumb. So um, that's it. Yeah. And they're the first ones that, you know, Hey man, what can, what can be done for me? Well, why don't you start being, <laughs> start being above the board, you know? Yeah. What was that? So Mark Nelson asked, do you think having a coating that lasts five years uh, plus is a must? I'm selling coatings that last one to three years. Do you think that is wise? I think it's what the, here, here's what a five-year coating, here's, here's what telling a 
coding length, here's the bad side. People aren't going to come back into my shop. Uh, maybe the dedicated will, but a lot of people, once you say, Hey, it's going to last five years there. If you don't educate them, right. Their thought is, Oh, guess what? I don't need to touch my car for five years. So that's not a lead in for me is that is, you know, I think that if you can sell people, it's got to come with maintenance. And I don't think if you sell the maintenance with the coding, I don't care if it's a one, three or five or 10 year endless forever rainbow dust, you know, until you die, it's going to be here when the, you know, when the, second coming of Christ comes and it's going to go on past that. I don't care what it is, is that is, is if you're not selling it right and you're not offering maintenance with it, you're missing the boat. So we're going to go. Yeah. To yeah I'll just say good. Um, if you're not using a good, better, best menu model, which means you've got your, you know, and honestly, there's kind of a good, better, best and the very best. Cause then you got the very highest level coatings. And then you've got, you know, your, your sealant, your kind of one to two year, your three to five year, and then the best. So that's a great model for pretty much any of your services that you're offering. Um, and like you said, Rennie, it has to be followed with proper education and making sure you can get that customer back every, like get them on a maintenance plan. I mean, even dude, if it's 50 bucks a, a, a month or whatever to support that coding, you need that revenue stream. Absolutely. You educate them like they never have to come back. They never have to wash their car again. First of all, that's dumb marketing. But second of all, you're losing revenue. The other thing that happens too is, you, is look at your customer's cars that's coming to you. If it's immaculate, you know, and they're wanting a five-year coding, I'll tell you that might be a great customer if you can tie them into the, to the maintenance side of it. If they come in and their car is dumped on, that's not a good match. Tell them why. <laughs> because two weeks after they get they take delivery, they're going to be really disappointed because they're beating the shit out and the coding is going to start showing it. Coding is not an invisible shield. It's going to take hits. Uh, Jason Rose said it years ago, if the coatings were this badass, why they, why aren't they just finishing it out with a coating at the, at, 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 at the factory, you know? So Chris. Rennie, I, I was just going to make a comment. You know, it's funny. I, I see a lot of your guys, a part of the detail mafia, they also have a small section of PNS products that they sell out the front door. You know, so not only with educating the customer about how you're going to take care of their car, but then also on the end of the detail, after you doing your delivery with the customer, you, you ask the question, how are you making, how are you washing this car? Are you taking it through a car wash every day? I just did a thousand dollar detail and coating on your car. Here are the products that I would recommend you clean your car with you know, during your, your time before I do my next maintenance. So those are, those are things also that people need to consider is, you know, get signed up with the manufacturer or have some products available, you know, not, maybe not selling them a, a, a Rupes or selling them a flex polisher, but sell them some basic maintenance stuff, you know, a, a, a nice uh, grit guard bucket, bucket system with, uh, you know, with the right chemical and, and wash mitt, you know, to take care of their car. Well, yeah, and even if you're only getting like 15 to 20%, you know, as your discount, I mean, that, that can add up over time and it's, you know, could be 50 more bucks for that, from that customer, from that visit. Well, I think, you know, we're, we're pretty close to, where we've got about a hundred storefronts, PNS double black storefronts uh, across the country now. And, and most of them are shops, you know, that are selling products and so forth. That comes back to another, it's, it's another great way to take and, add on to your, your bottom line. There's been some shops that have been, you know, told us that through this entire event, people, they're not going out. They're not essential. They've been closed down, whatever their case may be, but people have been buying product. And we've seen that through the numbers 
that it really didn't slow down that much really until recently. And it's, it's, we're not taking the hit that we thought. So people are still cleaning their cars. That's why I put that interior wipe down. And I got, I got executed on it, you know, is, Hey, here's how you wipe your, your car down. Oh my God. Are you disinfecting it? You know, is that going to click? Oh my, at some point COVID-19 is not going to be a thing, you know, is that in two years we're going to go, <laughs> you know, it's not funny. People have died, but on the same thing, you got to look ahead. There's going to be some normalcy coming back, you know, and people cleaning their own cars two months from now probably aren't going to be too concerned with some, some, some of the things that have gone down right now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of concern, but some of it won't be. And so I'm just not buying into the, I'm not going to sell hype to sell more product. I'm just not going to, it's not who I am. Um, I think there's a lot of mistakes being made. We can get into on a whole different topic. So uh, Chris, any other good questions that we can throw out there? Yeah, I got another one related to products from uh, Chris Hayes. Um, and probably we can address this more like, how do you explain the difference to a, a customer? But he wants to know, what is the difference between professional grade chemicals versus more of the DIY brands like Adams and chemical guys and, and griots and so on? Well, you know, those brands have really stepped it up. All of those that you just mentioned, even as a consumer level, the difference is, is that they're making a lot more money because <laughs> they're selling to do it yourselfers. Um, the second thing is, is the pro level products is, you know, I'd be careful of, I, I mean, you know, you got pro level, you got pro level compounds and so forth. Just explain it to that, that it's just that the, the ingredients inside that, are a lot more effective um, that there's a learning curve in using them, you know, just say what they are, the cost involved with some of these, you, uh, you know, the difference between a wax and a sealant and a, and a coating, you know, versus a nanotechnology, all these different things you'd explain to, but you know, I just say, I, I don't really, when people say, Oh, what brand do you use? We don't come out and say one specific brand unless you're actually tied to a specific brand. But how I always answer that is we use a host of different products that we spend thousands of dollars a year testing and that we, we custom formulate our recipes for our details out of all of those product testing. And so I explain it that way and that way kind of, oh, okay, that makes sense. So you don't use one, you don't use just XYZ. No, we found that XYZ is a great product. We have a couple of their products in, they're best of the best we use, but you know, no one product makes you know, everything perfect. Now, if you are one brand, then explain that. Say, hey, we like XYZ products. This is what we went for them. They're very dedicated. They change things. Explain why you do that. So, but I definitely don't like to go in and I don't like to provide services with products that they can go down to the local store and easily get, you know what I'm saying? That's widespread knowledge. But with that, some of those products are really good. And if people see you using them, say, yeah, they're so, well, I can go down the street and get it. Yeah, that's why it's that good. It really is that good. Then it's just explain it, you know, explain it. Because there are there going to be those instances. Well, and obviously there's different levels of consumer brands, right? And, and in most cases, the water content in terms of most chemicals is kind of a big dif differentiator. But, you know, I've got a niche brand uh, specifically to the off-road market. And so I sell that at a premium price, brand awareness, you know, people like niche stuff and all that. Um, and it works a little bit better, but at the end of the day, it's the support and all that stuff that you've been talking about. Um, you know, it, it's buying what people want and branding. That's the deal. Branding. Uh, you know, Abe asked, Hey, how important is location? If you want to open up a shop, you know, I, I, I'll share my opinion. I've never been a prime location guy, you know, uh, look, they say in business location, location, location. I think if you're still selling stereos or if you're selling furniture or something like that, it's important. My shops, Hey, I didn't want any, I didn't want to be a drive by attraction. 
is that was just me is because of what I had in my, in my, in my shops at any given time is, is I, and, and I never had big, huge signage. Um, I never had main street locations because I would rather put the money into marketing than having a main street location. The other thing is when you get into mainstream locations, you're going to find a lot of times you're at triple net leases and it's going to be a really expensive lease. There's going to be a lot of restrictions. Uh, so you got to kind of be careful with that. So I think it depends on the type of, of, of shop that you're opening up. You know, if you're a car wash, a full service car wash and you want, you need, you need numbers. Well, that's a different story. But if you're kind of a, a boutique uh, detailer and you're not, you know, you're, you're an average detailer, meaning not in style, but just the volumes average. I, I just don't think you need prime locations going to cost you. And I'd rather put the money into marketing. So Kevin, Chris, what, Chris can, com Chris can comment more on this because he goes to a lot more shop. But one of the things I've seen is if the, the biggest factor for me on location is where you drive through to get to that location. We've been to amazing shops that like, I wouldn't, I drive, I prefer to drive a Hummer through some of these neighborhoods. Like there's no way I'm driving my Ferrari down through some of these neighborhoods. So, you know, kind of like that curb appeal thing, but from a whole, from a whole, uh, from a whole neighborhood. Yeah. Thing. Ours, to your point, ours were never in a bad area. They're in a more of an industrial area, you know what I'm saying? The industrial part of town. But I was like you, I didn't want to have to travel through the hood or back out. You know, if I felt that I was going to have to wear body armor, you know, or <laughs> right. If I, if I feared that, you know, that the, my, my vehicle was going to be in, in jeopardy being there, you know, I'm getting ready to have a bunch of work done to my, my, my Chevelle and where I put it, I'm so concerned, you know what I'm saying? I'm so concerned. So if I was taking that into, you know, the place that's doing the new top and then the motor and the training and all that stuff, it would, I would have, I would have major concerns and I'd probably be less likely if I was in an industrial area, I'm okay with that. If I was in a real foo-foo area, the other mentality is, damn, these guys are making a lot of money. So there's, there's some, you see what I'm saying? There's some psychological yeah. stuff too. Chris, what have you seen when going to all the shops that you've gone to? Well, I'll just give you a quick story. The coolest shop I've ever been to, or the most interesting shop I've ever been to was in Newark, New Jersey. And if you've been through Newark, New Jersey, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a challenging place. Um, and I showed up in a rental car. I just flew in. I'm meeting this, this customer that uses flex polishers. And I call him and I'm like, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't know if I want to park my car here and I don't know if I want to get out of my car and, and leave it. And he says, hey, pull up to, you know, this door. And when you get there, just honk your horn. And he literally opened up a garage. I pulled in and when the garage closed behind me, the other door opened. It was like a jewelry shop. And when wow. I got inside, there was a cigar uh, lounge for their customers to wait. Uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, Ferraris, Porsches, Lamborghinis. And this was actually... Um, a rental facility that rents high-end cars to people that fly into Newark, New Jersey. Um, but they detail with our cars. So I thought that was kind of a talking about driving to your facility and then having to, <laughs> it's wow. different when you get inside, but anyways. Hey, Prentice, congratulations. You just sent me a message. That's awesome, dude. I'm really, that, that's way cool. Um, you know, Prentice also right on that mix of choices. If, if your only choice is a bigger shop, you can also sublet space to affiliate businesses. Um, that is a great idea. We did, we did that. We had a, we had a larger shop for a bit. Um, the other thing you could do is if you have a, a, a large shop and that's the only option is storage, you know, for, for vehicles, motorcycles and so forth is bring a little bit in that way. So if you can sublet it, Hey, I'm not against a big shop. You know, we, we just, this is the biggest shop I've ever had 5,000 square feet. I love every second. Somebody saw a picture the other day and it's pretty empty and they're going, wow, it's a lot of, you know, unused space. And I was like, yeah, isn't it cool? 
you know, because that's just because I got my own stuff in here. And then also it fills up when we're training, it fills up quite, quite rapidly, but I don't want it stuffed all the time. You know, it's just not me. And we got my, we got a wash bay inside that's not utilized. If I'm not washing, it's not utilized. And I like having that open space, but if you need it, it's nice to sublease and already, you know, put some cars in there and store them. So, um, and, and again, so Chris, anything else? Oh, uh, this Chris, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I got another question. You guys kind of addressed this a little bit, I think, but um, it was regarding, um, I'm trying to find it, regarding products or tools, big name tools. Um, if, if customers aren't educated on detailing, why is it so important to have the big name tools? It says, I understand having a clean appearance. And, you know, I, I'm assuming, you know, we're talking like Rupes and Flex versus some of the why would they're either lesser known or knockoff brands? Because your, your, your competition isn't educating them and that gives you an opportunity to educate them. I'm going to be the educator. Uh, the other thing is, is that I can tell you, you get what you pay for is that, you know, uh, if you have the, the entry level tools, you're going to get your entry level per, uh, performance. Um, simple as that. I'm not going to say that you have to, that, you know, uh, uh, if you go to Harbor Freight and buy a rotary there versus a rotary from Rupes or Flex, that you know you're not going to be able to do your job but how long is it going to last and how heavy is it how ergonomically correct is it and then i mean how is it going to look for your clients when you i know tools and so if somebody comes out and they got shitty ass tools and they're they're working on my stuff they ain't touch my stuff again you know and um, when i think back to a mechanic shop you know all these guys uh you know the 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 clients don't know what tools uh their mechanics using either but they all like to buy snap-on and I can't remember the other brand, you know, they're high quality tools. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and, and again, is we've got to get into the mentality as replacement value is that when you start replacing tools um, is you've got, you've got this repetitive, so you can buy it for half the time, you know, half the price, right? A lot of people use that analogy. Hey, I can buy this tool for half the price. Yeah. But it's going to also last 10% of the time. You know, I've got my money polisher is 10 plus years old. I mean, and, and, I've had to put maintenance into it just like you do any tool, but I haven't had to replace it, you know? So that was a one-time payment with some maintenance where we're throwaway tools. Now there's some great, great tools that are in, you know, grills. Let's throw some grill tools out there. Uh, man, their new, their new tools are badass. I mean, they're a really nice tool for the money. Um, are you going to get the performance out? Well, some, they're a little three inches nice uh, and so forth, but it's going to come up to perceive out. Also grills is a name brand that people are going to recognize, you know? But these knockoff tools, I'm sorry. If you're okay buying a knockoff, it's completely up to you. But don't come to the industry bitching when your customers aren't willing to pay you. Or, you know, people knock. I'll hear this. I'll see guys in the industry. Uh, they, they're using knockoff tools. And then people come into their market and compete with them. And they're knocking off things they do. And they get all pissy. And I'm like, you know, really? I mean, double standard? You know, so, I mean, it's careful. It's You got to be really... You got to be really into it. So, Rennie, when you talk about power tools in general, you know, Shervon, we make many different brands uh, under under our our company, and you know, not just our our name brands, but we make you know products for different uh, you know different home centers and things like that. But the bottom line, you know, there are different levels of power tools. There are tools that are designed to be used, you know, one or two times a year, um, or there. are tools like the flex units, when we design the, the, the flex products, you know, we know that they're going into a hand of someone that's doing it every single day, you know, for, for an eight hour shift. 
So we do our best to, to make that tool last for, for them. And yeah, like you said, there's basic maintenance. There's cords you have to replace. There's carbon brushes you have to replace. There's switches, you know, those types of things. But that's just standard. And, um, you know, so you have to think about that. If you're going to a home center and you're planning on opening up a professional business, what they have available there may not fit your needs. So you do have to turn to companies like Rupes or Griots or, or Flex and, and look at what we have to offer that we've tested to be used every single day. Well, the other thing I'm going to add to that, and we'll wrap this up, is that, you know, you got to look at what these companies are putting in for your education benefit, for your knowledge benefit. Is that, is there a value of that? I mean, I'll be direct without, without my, without my affiliation with PNS and flex through the years, this event right here would not be happening. Simple as that. Uh, you look at what Rupes, their entire team globally put into the effort of educating people. You look at the efforts that Kevin's put out through the years of putting videos, write-ups, statements, posts, uh, industry support, all these different things. What's that worth? Have you gained that? You know, what have you gained out of that? You know, my, my, my point is these other companies, they're not putting anything in. They're taking out. They've knocked things off a lot of times, even if they're not a knockoff is I'll use Porter cable, Porter cable. And I probably, I can't remember the model number now, the, the one that the basic Porter cable unit. Seven, four, 24 X or whatever. Yeah, that's that's it. It I can guarantee Sander, that turned into this to the car polisher. <laughs> I own more of those units than anybody else in the world at one given time. And because we had so many shops and we didn't have DAs available. We didn't, there wasn't, there was rotary in that. I'm not kidding you. We probably, or we probably, we, we had over a hundred of those in stock that we used, not to sell, we used. And I can guarantee you this, we're the only, probably the only company in the world that attached one to a, to a, to a stick and polished the top of aircrafts with it, you know, something unique. But here's the deal. Ask yourself, what does Porter Cable put into this industry? Because I can't remember one thing other than us buying a bunch of their units. I can't think of any education. And if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. My point to this is that you've got companies out there that are putting huge amounts of, of, of their profits into re-educating us. There's a value for that that you've got to be willing to pay into. And if you're not, that's okay too. But again, it, it's, you know, it's, it's karma's a bitch. You know, karma's a bitch. That's all I'm going to tell you is if you're only taken out, you're not putting deposits back in. How could you put a deposit back in? Well, support those companies. Those brands are supporting you. Simple as that. Just buy their stuff, you know, buy their stuff. Um, one last thing, and then we'll get out of here is I give every, I, I think it's great. Mark Nelson, again, he gives everybody a, all of his customers, a basic glossary of detailing words so that they understand what's going on. How cool is that? It's just part of the education. I think it's cool. The other thing, look at that. Yeah. Detailers dictionary. Because here's the other thing is that you can do too is just talk plain. It's like the military when we get into search and rescue with civilians. Is all the military guys, you know, x-ray model, you know, you know, no, no, no. Just plain English. Just talk to me. Just talk to me. Get off the radio. You know, we don't need that. We, 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 we can do that when we get back on the base. We can do that when we're in operations. But when we're back out, civilian, talk plain English. So with your customers, talk plain English. So, hey, guys, Chris, Kevin, I want to thank you for uh, the opportunity. Um, you guys stay safe and happy, everybody. So, um, Kevin, how do they reach you? What's what's uh, what's your website? And uh, if they want to if they want to follow you on social media, well, Detailers Helper. Obviously, there's a bunch of different brands, but Detailers Helper, DetailersHelper.com, um, and you know, a little sales plug. I will do a discount for let's call it Rennie 2020. 
Um, so I'll throw up a discount on the Detailers Helper website after I get off this call. So if you want to want to do that, but and then wherever you're on social media, just look for the selfie. Um, so I love <laughs> there it. There you go. That's it. Chris, how do they, how do they, now, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, for you guys that don't serve on it, you guys don't realize it. This is a billion dollar corporation. B, billion, billion dollar corporation. And I'm just going to put it back out there. You know, uh, PNS, uh, Detailers Helper, you know, Detailing Success are for sale, Chris. So if you know anybody up at those top levels, <laughs> you want to spend, you know, eight, 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 nine figures, we're good to go. So how do people follow uh, Flex on social media and website? You know, we have ShervonGroup.com really gives you an understanding of who Shervon is. Uh, if you want to go to that and check it out. But FlexNorthAmerica.com, uh, you know, that's our, our, our general website. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Flex North America, um, you know, as well. Feel free to, to you know, look, look out and reach out to me. Uh, a lot of people reach out to me on social media and just ask basic questions. I do my best to answer those questions and, and get you pointed in the right direction. And I know Kevin does the same just like Rennie does every single day. Um, we're, we're, we're here to help you and we want to better the industry. That's why all of us participate as much as we can in IDA events and, and things like that. So thanks for watching and uh, appreciate your time. You got it guys. Well, Hey, we'll see you back uh, at the end of the week on Friday. We've got a couple great guests that are coming on there. And then uh, these mafia, we've got uh, our Wednesday night tonight and then we got a special event tomorrow night for you mafia members that we're going to talk about uh, dealing with this COVID moving ahead with a new product we found. So, you guys take care. Happy detailing all. Guys, thanks for coming in. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. See you later. Appreciate it. Thanks.